Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homie. I'm your host, and I'm so excited about another great episode. As the name says, our listeners are business creators, and they fall into one of four different categories. We have our entrepreneurs, small business owners, and local business owners. We have marketing and business coaches. We have those who help others build their businesses, the ones we like to call the business creators, those who help others win at the game. And then we have the do-it-yourselfers, the folks who love to have your own hands on the levers, run your own marketing campaigns, and really be actively in charge of your own business. And if you are one or more of the above, please take a moment, explore our episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and discover how our experts can help you win at the game of business and marketing. Also, check us out on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Be sure to subscribe. We update every week. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us spread the message far and wide and help more business creators just like you. Today, I'm especially honored to have as our guest expert somebody who I've known for a long time, somebody who has been very inspirational to me, one of my earliest mentors, a man known as the marketing mentor, Adam Urbanski. Somebody who, as I've been saying for years, I've been honored to be able to say that I know on a first-name basis. And we're going to talk about irresistible list building and how to become a list building machine in just one afternoon. And we know this is a very hot topic for our audience because people ask me all the time, what do I need to do to build a list? What do I need to do to get some subscribers? What do I need to do to launch my new business? What do I need to do to get followers and people to follow up with? How do I follow up with them? So list building is one of the most critical components of building and creating any business. We can talk about social media. We can talk about all different different types of platforms, but in the end, the value of your business is in your list because the money is in the list. So if you don't have a list, who do you market to? We're going to cover that as well. Now, to tell you a little bit about Adam Urbanski, he's known worldwide as the millionaire marketing mentor, and for a good reason. He built a multi-million dollar business in less than 10 years, starting with only $194 and a limited ability to speak English. Today, Adam shows his clients how to go from zero to six figures in only a few weeks and teaches over 70,000 coaches, consultants, speakers, experts, and online marketers how to transform their hard, labor-intensive businesses into automated money-making machines that attract clients like crazy. And there are a lot of registered trademark symbols in that bio. How you doing, Adam? <laughs> better than most, but as good as some. Adam, so good to reconnect with you after all those years. Absolutely. And, uh, man, you had, the, you had a chance to experience the Attract Clients Like Crazy machine firsthand a few years back when you came to one of our workshops. So it's a pleasure to be here. And, you know, it's kind of funny, Adam. Uh, as I mentioned to you while we were still in the green room, I recently moved. Actually, I've moved twice in the past year. I moved from Pittsburgh to Las Vegas just around this time last year. And since my lease was up, I decided to step up into a nicer place right here in Vegas. And that means twice I've packed and I've unpacked. And one of the boxes that keeps getting packed and unpacked is the box with all my course materials in it, from seminars I've attended, um, the shelf help that I've bought where I've actually taken the cellophane wrapper off and listened to it and implemented some of it. And I keep running across those attract clients like crazy CDs from the 2007 event, and they're on my list to rip into MP3s and play through my laptop while I'm out there working one day. So I'm really looking forward to immersing myself in it again because so much of what you teach is truly timeless. 
It absolutely is. That's that's kind of one of my standing mottos. It's like you know, don't don't buy into the latest tricks and gimmicks because you work hard to put them in place. Uh, people that teach them make them sound very easy, but right. what you have to realize they spend usually weeks, months, sometimes years perfecting it. Then it make it makes it makes they make it look so easy. When you get into this, it's going to take you some time to figure out. And then by the time you just get good at it, they'll be obsolete. So in my my case. <clears throat> for building businesses, do something that lasts for a long time, put a little effort into building it, but it's only going, only going to work better and better as time goes on. Yes. So invest once and repurpose over and over and over again. Yes, that's what I tell my clients all the time. Sometimes the simplest answers are the easiest answers, and if you want to take action in your business, take a step forward. The more time you spend editing and maintaining, the less time you're able to spend educating and monetizing, and to me, that's just not the way to go. Now, before we dive in here, because we're going to have a very exciting conversation about list building here, what I'd like to do is just take a step back, and I know that most people have some idea who Adam Urbanski is, but what I'd like to do is give those of our listeners who may not have heard much about you yet, a chance to get to know you a little bit. So just tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you to where you are today. It's a very exciting story. I've heard it a hundred times myself, and I'd love to hear it again. <laughs> you mean, for those that don't know me from Adam, you want the Reader's Digest story. Exactly, yeah. yes. Very cool. So, you know, I think my biggest claim to fame that I use all the time is maybe not necessarily the biggest, but the ones people have heard the most, and the one you probably have heard, have heard many times is that I came to the United States uh, with 194 bucks in my pocket, and in less than 10 years, I built a multi-million-dollar business in the uh, restaurant fast food industry. Sold that business in 2000 and moved into coaching consulting industry, and that's been kind of a really a wild, wild ride since I've sold millions of dollars worth of coaching consulting info products, uh, seminars, and continue to do so today. In the process, I had a chance to. Um, create several multimillionaires through that process, teaching them for, for pretty much the same strategies we'll talk about today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my passion is really for transforming life. So I'm using my coaching, consulting, information marketing, speaking business to really reach entrepreneurs and help them transform what they do uh, into kind of easier, automated profit and wealth-building machine. And, you know, in, my, in, in terms of my story, Adam, really I think what's important is that I had nothing to start with. I had no connections. I, had, I didn't speak English. That, that actually hasn't changed that much, as <laughs> people can hear. Um, I'm a high school graduate, still am. I never went to college. And most of our clients actually are highly educated people, very successful, very successful corporate or academic careers and come to us for help to build their own businesses because they have a skill, they have a passion. What they lack is their business know-how, how to turn that passion, how to turn that skill into a business. And I've made that my business to show them how to do that. And, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately, the reason I, I say that is because there, I have nothing, I have no magical skills, I have no pixie dust that someone else does not have. If there is anything that makes me different is the fact that I know, um, I've figured a thing or two how to make businesses work, and I'm just a few steps ahead of other people, that if you make a choice that that's what you want, if you make a decision to take action, uh, you can be on an equal playing field with me within, within weeks, within months, sometimes even within days, if you really truly commit to it and follow the strategies that I'll share with you. And, and my promise to always to my listeners on, on programs like this, Adam, is that within the next 20 minutes, 45 minutes, 
they're going to walk away with more clarity, more tangible action steps they can take that they've probably had in the last 12 months of studying mm-hmm. business combined, if not even more. So big promise, tall order. I said, let's just get right to it. You know, um, all I wanted you to do is tell me a little bit about yourself, but you've just given our listeners what almost amounts to an MBA education. That's another thing I remember from attract clients like crazy is you explained uh, what it means to have an MBA in business, a massive bank account. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's another acronym for MBA that most people don't know, and it's mentoring by Adam. I've heard that one too. Absolutely. So, you know, every time I talk, it has to be MBA. There's no other way. Right. Oh, I love that, too, and it even rhymes. How about that? And you told me yeah. you couldn't speak English. Come on. <laughs> all right. Here, here's a question that I ask all of our guests, not only because I like the variety of answers I get, but I also like the variety of interpretations of the question. See, here in the Business Creators Radio Show, we provide the tools, techniques, and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. And a lot of our listeners come to me and they say, Adam, well, homie, I have everything I need to succeed with anything any of your guest experts share with me except for time and money. Now, as I said, I ask this of every expert, and what I want to know from you is how does time and money apply to or how does it affect list building? Uh, There's a very good question. I really don't think that they do. Okay. So, you know, this is – that, that's actually a very difficult question to answer for, for somebody like me because I, I've sort of moved from, uh, I don't want to say moved, but I have I, I have a different approach than just tactical approach to building business. So there is obviously the tactical, uh-huh. the, the, the tactics and strategies, but there is a lot of mindset that goes into. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to share with you just a couple of things. Um, I have two people sitting in a, in a front row in a seminar, and a year later, one of them is pretty much exactly the same spot where they were when they came, which is which is they struggle to try to put you know put foot on the table and make make uh, uh, pay all the bills at the end of each month. And the other one became a multimillionaire within the same 12, 18 month period. What's the difference? They had the same strategies in front of them, right? They had yeah. the same limitations when they came to the to the room, which is. They both struggled financially, and they both had 24 hours a day, just like everybody else. Yeah. So what has changed? Another example I'm going to give you really quick, and I will give you a better answer, but I want to just tell you one more story. Just recently, in fact, it's still open on my computer, I was reading uh, a report that, um, oh, I just want like Mark Zuckerberg uh, was being, uh, for the first time he was doing Q&A with, with shareholders, uh, and reporters, and you know, usually he doesn't do that. He just does his statements and moves on. So he was open to Q and A, and they asked him why he chose to to show up in the same T-shirt and the same jeans as he shows up everywhere, you know, for this event. And they thought that he would give them kind of a joking answer. It's like whatever, right? And they were surprised that he gave them a very well thought out answer. And he said, "Look, you know, very few people have an opportunity to impact a billion people on a daily basis. You know, I had this opportunity." So in my life, I have to streamline everything that takes up my energy so I can do the, so I can give the best to the people that rely on me. And that includes the choices of clothing. So I've got a, a, a fleet of the same T-shirts and the same jeans. So every morning, I don't have to take the time that, that, that every other person takes to make a decision, what do I wear today? I know it's simple. I get up, I put my jeans and T-shirt on. There is no thought going in there. There is no energy. There is no time wasted. 
that what that is what distinguishes successful people from wannabes, Adam. Wow. So as time and and money factors into list building, time. Sure, it's going to take a little bit of time, but you know what? I can guarantee you, you're just sitting and complaining that you don't have the time, and you've likely been complaining about it for last week, month, maybe a year, how busy you are. And I will say, shut up, get a life, and go do it, because all you're asking for is misery or sympathy from other people. Oh, poor you. I got you. You don't have the time. But you have the time to watch freaking TV shows, because I bet you you do. So don't complain to me about not having time. Michelangelo had the same years in lifespan and many other people. Why is it that, you know, centuries later we still admire him? Because he used his time differently than most people do. And so do every successful people that you go, that you admire. Richard Branson, you, uh, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, mm-hmm. uh, Steve Jobs. They had the same 24 hours a day that we did. How did they accomplish all this stuff? They started with nothing, being broke out of the garages, and yet they made success out of their lives and out of the companies because they chose to focus on the right things, and they started with one step at a time, and then momentum continues. In terms of money, Adam, here's my call to entrepreneurs. And in fact, when I have private calls with people who aren't clients yet, and and they they give me this statement like, well, I don't have the money, then I say, I'm going to stop you right there. Because if you use that statement, you have no right to call yourself an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs make money out of thin air. Entrepreneurialism, if you look at the definition, is shifting resources from lower economical bracket to a higher economical bracket, meaning taking nothing and making it into something that can generate money for you. So there is no such a thing as lack of money. We've got a massive universal pipeline of cash flowing above above our heads. What stops most people why they don't have enough at the current moment is because they're not having enough money-making ideas in action. They know a lot, but again, they choose to sit there and go like, well, I'm just too busy to do it. Well, then, if you're not too busy to be broke, please continue. Right. Right. Uh, and you told me that was going to be a difficult question to answer. That's one of the best answers I've gotten so far. And I just, I, I love how you think about that. And I always <laughs> love the, I love an, any analogy that comes down to you have the same 24 hours in a day as everybody else. And I was originally introduced to that several years ago when we were comparing the typical entrepreneur to somebody like, say, Donald Trump. He doesn't like have 72 hours a day to have $7 billion and have investments in all these different countries. He has the same 24 hours as everybody else has. It's a question of how he uses it. So and it's the same thing across the board. So, And Adam, just to kind of, you know, to get, because, you know, it's people may say, well, Adam, it's really easy for you. Like, Orbanski, it's really easy for you. You're like sitting out there, you've got all those businesses and you've got all yeah. the people and you've got all the money. Great for you. Well, you know what? When I came here again, I didn't speak English. Um, computers were just kind of coming on board. This was early 1990s. Computers yeah. were just coming on board. Uh, coming from a, from a communist country, I, I've seen a computer. I, was, I even touched once a couple of times. But I had no idea about typing on a computer. I, had no, I couldn't speak English. So I held three jobs, and I went to two different schools to learn both English. And actually, to, I took typing. Back then, they had typing classes. So uh, I, and I found, you know, I didn't sleep much. I didn't have much weekends to go and party with people. I, I didn't have TV. To this day, actually, people don't believe me. I don't own cable TV. I don't own digital TV. 
Right. So I own Netflix. I, I catch up on some of my favorite shows. But for the most part, you know, I do it actually on my computer. I don't own big screen TV, and it's because I don't believe in wasting time watching other people's lives. That's very powerful, and I tell people that too. I canceled my cable about three or four years ago, and it wasn't because I made some big, huge resolution that I'm done watching garbage TV. It's because I noticed I hadn't turned the cable on in over a year, so I didn't see a reason to keep paying for it. Mm -hmm. My interest just went elsewhere. Yeah. Right, right, right. So let's talk about list building here. Um, And I say – we should start at the bottom. What are some of the big mistakes you see? We want to tell people what not to do first. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the biggest mistake is actually not building a list at all. Right. This is kind of what, what uh, you know, I had a client um, a couple of years back, and, man, this guy just refused. We gave him all the tools and said, build a list, build a list, build a list. You know, looking in retrospect, I should have hired the guy, you know, way before he was fired as a client. But, at one point, he insisted, and, you know, we kind of, like, almost disengaged. I was like, you know, whatever, dude, I cannot coach you if you don't want to do, uh, if you don't want to follow what I tell you to do. Right. So he comes back, and he says, I'm going to launch this product, and he concocted some sort of product. He launched it, and I kid you not, but just a, a day later, he comes back, and he says, I get it. I'm like, you get what? He says, I should have built a list. I'm like, what makes you say that? Because I get it. Now I put this product together, and there is no one to sell it to. There is no one to buy now I have a question, like, where do I go? Who do I sell it to? I'm like, okay, well, I've been trying to tell you this for the last six months. List comes before anything else. So the first biggest mistake is people just don't make a decision to do it. Adam, I think there's so much information about list building. And people, you know, come to seminars, they come to teleseminars, they buy products. And one of the first things that, you know, every, that the product, programs products start with is build your list. And people go, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you go to the websites after they've known this for years, and there isn't even a simple opt-in on the website. I'm like, well, you've obviously haven't made it important enough, all right? So make a decision. Second thing is make it important enough. The third thing is, you know, I got into this business of coaching solopreneurs uh, in the year 2000. And in the year 2000, how people were pro- in the solopreneurs, primarily service professionals, how they were promoting themselves, they were going from hello to, hey, you want to have sex, which in the marketing language basically means hello. Now, would you like to have a conversation with me how to buy a very expensive coaching consulting service from me? Right. And I've made bulk of my money and success in the 2000s by teaching people to create more of a process of dating. So, hey, how about some information from me? How about I help you solve some of your smaller problems as we go along? And then as you see how good I am and how good my methods are, maybe you want to have a conversation how to really engage with me so I can truly roll up my sleeves and work as a partner with you in your business and help you transform your life or your business. And, you know, so this is where the, all the opt-ins started being developed, the follow-up processes, everything that I teach in Attractments Like Crazy program. Well, you know, today, 12, 13, 15 years later, the pendulum swung again, and guess where everybody has gone once again? They've gone to, hello, you want to have sex. <laughs> because if you go to most of the websites today, it's like, it, it, it's a website, and then what you see on the website is, hey, click here to schedule a call with me. You know, every idiot in the world knows that nobody's going to talk to you for free unless it's an opportunity to sell them. So if your opt-in is an invite to a strategic consultation, 
you're missing out on a 99% of visitors because only 1% of people will go like, oh, okay, I'll take you up on it. Right. And the reason for it, because people are afraid to be sold. And, you know, an opt-in for a free gift that's going to help them solve some problems in their relationship with their money in the business, that they will download if it's, if it's attractive enough. Consultation, well, it gives people an idea, look, I'm going to be put in an uncomfortable situation at one point in that conversation where I'm going to have to tell them, no, I don't want to buy from you. And frankly, I don't want to do that, so I'm not going to sign up for some consultations. Right. So consultation is not an opt-in. Uh, we could go on, but I think those are the two biggest ones, not making list building important enough, not committing to it, and the second one is having a really crappy opt-in offer. You know, people, I still see offers that say, sign up for my newsletter. And I'm like, really? Like, I don't have enough newsletters cramming my inbox already. Right, right. You know, I think I speak for everybody, and we're all adults here, so we can be honest with ourselves. I think that most people who are listening to this call have had the experience with the person where they go up to them and they say, hi, you want to have sex? And the person says yes. And while it's exhilarating in a moment, you quickly find yourself thinking, why did I get entangled in this? I've never seen that scenario work out well, either in the personal life or either on the business side. So that this is one of those things where I think those two kind of correlate over. And Man, I've got to move to where you live. You mean it actually happens? People walk up to you and say, they want to have sex, and they say yes? Well, <laughs> Viva well, Las Vegas, I guess. <laughs> well, not exactly in those words, but I mean, I mean, everybody knows somebody, and I think a lot of our listeners have done that type of pickup before in their lives. I think it's, I think it's a perfectly natural sort of thing, but I've never really seen that turn into true love or even anything meaningful. So, if you're looking for something meaningful, like if you are looking for a long-term client relationship, you're looking for a profitable client relationship, you're looking for mutual return on investment, you're just not going to find it that way. And the person who would say yes to it, I'm saying I think you might have to be a little bit leery of because they said yes that quickly. They don't even know you. They haven't had a chance to get to know you. They haven't found the reasons to like you. They can't articulate why they trust you. And they're saying yes to you. Something about that feels a little bit off. Uh, feels like there should have been something else in the middle there first. I mean, I've been in relationships myself, and I, you know, I know how that goes. And I know that uh, you know, you've been married for a long time, and you know that building relationships takes time and a lot of work. True. So I don't know if I necessarily 100% agree with you in there, because you know, uh, I think that one night stands can can turn into something magnetic uh, and 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 um, and, and, uh, and magical. Okay. Uh, but I, I don't think that's you know that's kind of a standard rule. So it, it's also for me it's, it's just much harder approach. So right, um, you know for for me everything in business is about stacking up the deck in your favor. I like and that. and you know when you when you create kind of offers that you know most people will say no to, then you're really not doing yourself or your audience any favors. Right. Right, right, right. Here's what I'm here's what I'm thinking of now. Uh, and there's a lot of conversation about out there about the best type of opt-in offer that you can put in front of your list. And you, there are many different ways you can get people to opt in. Uh, you can have a special report download. You can show them a free video. Uh, you can invite them to a teleseminar or a webinar. What do you think is the most effective means for building a qualified list of targeted prospects? Yeah, so I'm going to uh, – the answer might actually surprise you because all of those methods work. And I don't think one is necessarily better than other, um, but they do create – each offer creates 
you know, it's, it, it, ha- it comes with its own friction. It has its natural barrier to entry. Uh, and it's kind of a natural process how they work. So, for example, coming to a teleseminar or a webinar has a barrier to entry of time because now you cannot consume it on your own terms. You have to schedule the time, and you actually have to commit typically at least about an hour. Right. Uh, in my cases, webinars, you know, typically go for 90 minutes. I have some that go for three hours. Right. So that's a huge time commitment. That is a natural barrier to entry for busy people. Uh, however, these also, also create natural filtration system because only the most committed person is going to schedule the time and actually be there, be there for, you know, two hours or three hours on the phone with you. Why does it matter? Because, look, you know, I, uh, in my case, you know, we really engage in high-intensity programs with our clients. If they are too busy and too, and too nilly-willy to commit two hours to even explore it, then how am I going to engage them in a 12-month program? It's just not likely. So it is, does provide a filtration. However, let's say that I drive paid traffic to my opt-in page. Right. And, you know, the first offer is webinar. Well, let's just say if I, uh, if I put in front of them two offers, one of them is an immediate download of some sort of special report, and the other one is webinar, chances are the download of, of, of an immediate resource is going to outperform my webinar sign-up. So that means that if I pay for the traffic, I'm going to get bigger return on investment in terms of list building from my immediate download that I'm going to get from my sign-up for the webinar. So what I, what I share with people is this. The first thing, the first rule of opt-ins is it has to be uh, immediately usable and helpful to your audience. Right. So it has to be of incredibly high value because people are more discerning with giving up their email, especially the real email, than they ever were before. Everybody's inbox is overflowing. So it has to be of incredible immediate, immediate value to them. The second thing is it has to be easily consumable. So, again, people often come to me and, and tell me, I've been working on this opt-in for the last three months or even longer. I'm like, well, what are you doing? While I'm writing this book, I'm like, nobody's going to read a 100-page book on your opt-in. So make it, and I'm, I'm going to give you some logic behind it. Your opt-in has to immediately prove to people, has to solve one of the problems. It has to prove to them that you know your stuff and have to be able to consume it fairly quickly, like in one sitting, because if they can't, and I know that you've done this, I've done this, every single one of our listeners has done this. We opt in for things, we download the resource, we may even open it and we go, oh yeah, 40 pages, great, let me save it for later. And we never look at it again. Now here's what happens. when If you never look at it, if you never consume it, you don't build relationship and trust and affinity with the person that you, or business you just got it from. Because you haven't consumed it. Consumption is what creates this forward momentum. So it's better to create a, you know, a one-page, three-page, ten-page document that, you know, and by, by ten-page, I mean you better use 16, 16 point font. So it isn't, it really, literally takes ten to fifteen minutes to go through it. And it has to be laid out so when people scan through it, they go like, oh, I get it. You know, just yesterday I opted into something and it was, a three, I kid you not, uh, 
three-minute video. In fact, when I think about it, I think it was actually like 2.5, about two minutes and 50 seconds, something like this. Sure. And that video shared a script that I can immediately go and use it. I was like, wow, that was totally worth it. It was totally worth my, my opt-in and my, you know, less than three minutes of time because it immediately gave me a solution to a specific problem by giving me a language and a script. It didn't ask me to read a book. Didn't didn't spend half an hour explaining the psychology behind it. It just said, okay, go and use that script next time you're in this situation. Boom, done deal. So, again, long-winded answer, but, again, I, I think it's, very important to first understand the psychology behind this whole opt-in structure before you go and start creating products. I think the opt-in, the, the lead magnets are very simple to create once you know your audience well, because you know what problems they have, and you likely have solutions to those problems. Right. And by consumable and something that's easily helpful, I see a lot of folks out there, and this just applies to me. It may not be for everybody out there, but I think since we're talking about list building, I might as well mention it. I have to confess, I'm a junkie for email swipe files. Uh, I subscribe to a lot of lists because I'm always looking for techniques. I'm always looking for inspirations. And if somebody out there puts out an opt-in that says, download my five free email campaign templates, whether they're good, they're bad, they're garbage, or whatever, I am going to take a few minutes on that because I might gain one thing that might give me an edge somewhere along the line. So it's about what makes it simple and consumable. So now that we have people on the list one way or the other, uh, now there's that little journey we have to take them on that goes from getting them to opt in in the first place to getting them to take action. And somebody who knew that you were going to be on the Business Creators Radio Show, who saw it on the website, asked me in advance if I could ask you this question. Uh, they are in a coaching and consulting business, and they have an opt-in on their website. And what they're looking for is – what do you think in broad strokes is the best formula to get somebody who comes to the website randomly and opts in or through a targeted campaign or what have you uh, to get them to the point where they're ready to raise their hand and say, yes, I'd like to explore those coaching and consulting options? Uh, just what in your experience have you seen be effective in doing that? Yeah, very good question. So, And it actually goes into the fact that you have to monetize your list fairly quickly because if you do – then money becomes not a problem. Right. And, and what I mean by that is, look, uh, if, if every person that comes on my list uh, immediately translates, or let's say over a course of 72 hours or the course of, uh, of the first seven days, translates to, let's just say, five bucks on average, right? right. Then now I can spend up to $5 to acquire this person, and I'm still breaking even on the front on the list building. So that's what I mean. You have to monetize your list or your list building so money to, to build your list becomes not an issue. You basically start having an unlimited marketing budget. And just to give you an idea, so we drive a lot of traffic using Facebook nowadays. And uh, in, in our case, uh, we will have typically anywhere from, from 4x to 10x return on our investment depending on which model we use. So that means that for every dollar we spend – we will get four to ten dollars back within two within fourteen days. We typically look at the first like fourteen days. That's kind of our formula. So right. I'm telling you this because again, when you think about it, if you could, well, Adam, you're in Vegas, right? If you could go to a casino and throw in a dollar with a guarantee that it's going to spit four dollars back, you would be doing it all day long to no end. 
Oh, right? hell, I'm taking my entire savings. I'm turning it into singles. And That's I'm, right. And I'm plunking myself in front of a penny machine until security comes and gets me. The heck with this work and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And, you, and you never run out of money because, you know, every dollar gets multiplied. So you always have more and more and more and more. So how do you do that? The very simplest way, if you absolutely starting out, I've got nothing. I'm going to give you a resource. And, and I love uh, for peeps that, you know, I'm very creative, so it's very easy for me to go and create my own product. Some people right. aren't like me. So if you have a hard time creating products, go to a website called masterresellrights.com. Now, I'm going to actually spell it, uh, help you on this. So it's master hyphen resale, spelled R-E-S-A-L-E hyphen rights.com. Now, it's not my site. This is not an affiliate link, but I've sent so many clients to that site, and they have found amazing private label rights products, which basically means uh, this is a quick lesson on private label uh, rights products. Be careful which ones you get because some of them basically allow you to use them as they are. I like buying private label rights products that allow you to basically rip them apart completely, put them back together, recycle them, repurpose them any way you want them. So I have clients who use this site. to pur I purchase stuff there. I have clients who purchase products that are, you know, even videos that are recorded in a non-descriptive voice that you can take and use as your own. Uh, and I never recommend using product as it is. But let's say you take a, an a ebook that's like 12 pages ebook. And now you take this ebook and you read what it says and you go and do what it says and you take screenshots and you actually plug in graphics. Well, now you've got a, now you've got a one-off unique product. And now what if you actually taught a teleseminar based on this? Now you've got a multi-purpose product. So, um, and you can sell it for 10 bucks, 29 bucks, 49 bucks, maybe even a hundred bucks. So I found that one of the very best ways to monetize lists is basically when people opt in, when people opt in, the very first thing you do is, hey, thank you very much for opting in. And then the very next thing you do immediately on that very page, say, look, what I found most people who subscribe with me or subscribe to my news or most people who download this initial report, whatever you give them a way to get an opt-in, ask me this question or ask me if I have a solution, or how do I solve X, Y, Z. Well, it just so happens that I have a program, or a course, or a product on how to solve X, Y, Z problem, you know, with little time, little money, and little expertise. And let me tell you a little bit about it, and you can decide if it's a match for you, if this, if this is one of your issues as well. So you immediately guide them to purchase something from you. Now, keep in mind, this isn't going to be a $1,000 product. So, sure. again, keep it low just to start, quote-unquote, extracting cash from your audience. Now, let me clarify this as well because it sounds so crass, extract cash from your audience. You know, if the person has not paid you, they don't pay attention to you. Money is little more than a focusing tool. So that allows you to start separating looky-loos from real prospects. Real prospects want to solve the problem, and if they see an attractive offer, they'll gladly spend 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 bucks. I wouldn't try to sell any more than 50 bucks. All right? Ideally, you know, the $7, $10, $19, $17 offer under 20 bucks seems to work very, very well for that purpose. 
and you will find that maybe as many as a quarter of your subscribers will take you up on that offer. Oh. All right. So uh, so that can be, again, a quarter is 25%. That's a, that's a pretty big percentage. So you've, you've got to get your stuff figured out. Um, but it's not, it's not unachievable. To start with, I would say aim for 10%. So if one out of 10 subscribers opts in, and let's say one out of 10 subscribers buys a product for 10 bucks, well, you just made every subscriber worth a dollar. So now you've got 10 bucks to drive subscribers. So again, this is kind of the self-funding uh, lift building machine now. Second thing that's very, very effective, especially for coaches and consultants, on a thank you page, in fact, we're in the process of redoing it for us because we drove people a little bit differently, and we are actually just switching this entire path for all our opt-ins. Where when a person opts in, the very next thing we will say is, hey, I'm so glad you opted in. Now, it just so happens we, uh, I'm about to teach a webinar on this topic. Would you like to join? Would you like to sign up? And we'll put them right on the webinar sign-up page. So we will drive all our opt-ins to our webinar sign-up page. Now, why is that important? Because we use our webinars to drive people to consultations with us. And so, from and, and we explain what the consultation is about, and we explain the value of a consultation. So, just like I mentioned earlier, we're not going from hello to hey, let's have sex. <laughs> we're going from hello, uh, how about a cup of coffee? So this is your download. To then, hey, now that you've got a cup of coffee, can I tell you a little bit more about you know myself and how we do business and how we can help you further? So that's the webinar. And once we do that. Then we say, look, if you like who we are and you like what we do, why don't you have a conversation with us to explore whether or not we want to date? All right? Right. And uh, whether or not we want to get into a relationship together. So that's very effective for selling coaching and consulting. You know, in my case, we actually have a team of people who do those consultations for us. And, uh, you know, we sell pretty high-end coaching programs that I don't even have to be involved in the process because we go from opt-in to a webinar to a conversation with one of my business development advisors to enrolling people in the program that's most appropriate for them. I like that a lot. Uh, so what we've discovered here is a little bit about what to do after you get the opt-in. So I originally uh, was given the question, they wanted to know like about email sequencing, like how many emails do you write or things like that. And I think what you've given us is a slightly different formula, which is how can we quickly move them up to the next level, whether that's a big step or whether it's a small step. And two of the things you covered, and this is things that I've seen work with myself and also with my clients pretty effectively, is you make them a low dollar amount offer. Like uh, you mentioned $7, $17, $27. And those are pretty good prices. And I can tell you myself, Adam, I have bought a number of those $7 things. Not because I feel like it's going to solve all the problems in my business and life, but because I think there's something within that $7 it might be worth a $20 return on investments to me. And to me, that's three to one. That's good enough for me. And I've also noticed that after I've given somebody $7, I tend to stay on their list longer and I'm more likely to open their emails. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And I also like the idea of moving them into a webinar pretty quickly because that's 
puts them in front of you for, as you said earlier in this call, uh, up to an hour. So that gives them an opportunity to learn more about Adam Urbanski, learn more about the marketing mentors, and make decisions about how they would like to get to know, like, and trust you, which I think is absolutely awesome. So Exactly. Since we're talking about list building, I mean, we've covered some of the strategies to get people on the list and moving them along the list. Uh, one of the big questions that I get all the time, and this is something that I personally spend the majority of my time tweaking in terms of the work I do with my clients, is how to get more people to open the emails. And uh, what is it? Is it subject lines? Is it content? Um, what do you think are some of the best things we need to consider when it comes to getting more people to open the emails and more people to take action on the emails? Yeah, that's a very good question. And, uh, you know, I think all the answers, so this sort of loops us back to, to possibly the, the, the second part of the previous question that I may not have quite understood or tapped into, which is, you know, what does this email sequencing thing look like, right? Right. You know, so a short-sighted answer to that question is things like the from, uh, you know, who the email comes from, uh, and the subject line and all sorts of stuff like this and, and using all sorts of trickery like putting symbol, symbols in the, in the subject lines and, uh, all of the, all of those things work, but they're temporary patches. They're, they're not permanent solutions. So the only permanent solution to your uh, email opening problem is you've got to, you've got to really develop a relationship with your reader and give them good materials. And, you know, I wish that I could tell you, Adam, that I'm so smart and I figured it out a long time ago. I actually think that went through, like, one of those cycles that I got smart and then I got stupid again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and now I have to figure it out all again to, to <laughs> rekindle that relationship because it's easy to get swept up in the current of all advice, like, do this and this trick works and this trick works. And we get so enamored with tricks that we forget. Again, imagine entering a relationship. Would you be using tricks to get the person to date, to, to schedule another date with you? You know, you wouldn't. You would just put your best foot, you would be just your best version of self to impress the person so they want to continue working with you. And that might include a little bit of trickery. So, you know, you might actually shower more frequently, right? Mm-hmm. You might want to uh, ex- expand your, your, uh, vocabulary to some new impressive words if if you're dating a person that's very eloquent you may want to start reading books you haven't read before so all of that would be considered you know kind of trickery like what do you do to find to to make the other person find you interesting but it still leads to the point where you just want to become the next better version of yourself and you're continually working on work on that to make the person stay interested in you it's the same with the email sequence. So how often do you send? Well, how often would you have conversations with the person that you just built a relationship? You know, it may be a little bit more frequent at first. It may kind of equalize itself over a few, over a few days. It may be a little bit less upfront and then intensify as you notice that they, that they start getting, you know, having more interest in what you're telling them. And what are you having conversations about? Well, again, if you show up for a date and spend two hours talking about yourself and how great you are and how amazing you are, chances are there would be no other date. But if you show up for a date and now spend two hours listening to the other person, they're going to likely go like, wow, you've been like the best conversationalist I've ever met. Well, I haven't said a word, but yeah, thank you. Sure. 
in email, it translates to being of service. What can you provide to people that, again, in, in as few words as possible, they go like, wow, I feel I've gotten value. I feel like you helped me look at my problem differently. Consider engaging people with questions like, hey, what are you finding most difficult or most exciting and, and most difficult about your business? What are you trying to accomplish next? Just hit the pri- reply and let me know. So engage people. Ask them to tell you about themselves. And, um, you know, ultimately it comes down to that every email has to have value. For me, even the promotions that I write, you know, I'm always thinking, how can I include a teaching point in a promotion? How can I give people a little nugget? So even though I'm driving them to a sign up for, for a free opt-in, whether I'm promote, promoting my own stuff or for someone else, how can I include a little nugget of, of value so when they listen, when they read this, they go like, oh, that's a good point. Oh, yeah, there's something to sign up for. Let me check this out. Right. Right, absolutely. I, I, lo- I love that. Um, now, uh, what are some of these, is, I believe if I'm using your terminology correctly, uh, temporary fixes we see people do in subject lines? Because there's a lot of debate I see out there, particularly in discussion groups I participate in, about how to use subject lines to get people to open emails. And this is something that I experiment with a lot and I measure very frequently myself. Yeah, so um, again, I want to pre-frame it that be careful with that because it can backfire if you don't know how to do it the right way. To a a point where, you know, even governmental agencies step in and say you cannot use misleading uh, subject lines or you know, it's considered spam. So if you uh, use a subject line that, that you think people will be interested in but and they will likely open, but inside the email is something completely different, then obviously you've just, you've just uh, de- uh, destroyed any trust you might have had with that reader. They feel taken by you. So the first, before I give you some tricks, the first thing you have to realize that when you use any type of trickery in the subject line, be very sure that nearly immediately when they open that email, there is a payoff. Meaning, you know, you just kind of promised them something, there's got to be a payoff, or there is a bridge to the payoff, so they know it's coming, so it draws them deeper into the email. You know, uh, so in terms of tricks, things like uh, using those little square brackets, and and inserting some words in there, like something like new or just released or actually including an information what's inside, for example, video, a video tutorial, free download, uh, or something like uh, limited time or urgent or, you know, expires tomorrow or ends this Friday. So in addition to the actual subject words, you have a little bit of additional kind of technical info that will likely, you know, so for example, people like watching videos. So if you put a video, theoretically it's going to have more people open it up because they're going to say, oh, I want to see what that video is all about. If you include things like opt-in or, or PDF download, uh, they're going to like, oh, I would like to, oh, this, you know, if, if the subject line, for example, subject line says seven steps to build your list faster, and then you put in a square bracket, free PDF uh, or PDF download. Now they go, you know, if it's, it was seven steps to build your list faster, to a person that's looking to build the list, that's attractive. 
But now they're going to think they're going to read the long email. And now you put seven, and now you put PDF download, and they go, "Ooh, that's something. That's cool. I could download that and read it later." So there is a better chance that they go into open that email. So that's in terms of trickery. One of my favorite trickery steps, and it's really not trickery at all. It's basically employing the highest, the most potent psychological trigger that people respond to, and it's curiosity. And curiosity is actually very simple to uh, uh, to evoke. And um, my my favorite, so my, curiosity. The, the easiest way to evoke curiosity is specificity. Okay. And what I mean by that is, um, in Q, I just used it in this example, seven steps to build your list faster. Well, seven steps, now you're wondering, what are those seven steps? If I put build your list faster, well, it's kind of like a command or you know an order, build your list faster. It doesn't necessarily tell me anything. But if I put seven steps to build your list faster, now you go, well, what are those seven steps? Now... If I put words how to build your list faster, once again, the words how to indicate there will be a process or methodology. All right? So once again, you go like, oh, I wonder what, you know, how, how I do that. Or if I put how to build your list in seven steps, that's even, that's even more because you go, oh, obviously there is a system, and I wonder what the seven steps are. And if I combine that with that square bracket and put free PDF, now it combines a bunch of things, curiosity, specificity, and value because they go, oh, I get to download something. Very cool. Let me see what that is all about. So to me, those are kind of the best methods to get people to, to open and start building relationship with you. Don't use trickery. And now I've actually mentioned something else, so immediate payoff, right? Yeah. So um, let's say that you use uh, like shock and awe statement. So, for example, something like, um, you know, holy Batman cave and, you know, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. And, you know, that might, that might get people to open up. Or, you know, I've, I've used subject lines like, uh, should we get a divorce? Or a subject line like, uh, I feel you don't love me anymore. Now, that is, people open this because they don't know if it's personal. It's almost like it, it confuses the crap out of them. But now right. when they open this, or things like thank you, or, you know, a word from my lawyer, you know, that, that people go like, oh, what's, you know, am I getting sued? What the hell? So when they open this, and you immediately go into some sort of different story, and you, connect, you don't connect to that subject line, this is where people feel let down and confused and manipulated. So you have to immediately, the very first sentence has to tie to that story. So if you go with something again like, you know, holy Batman cave, you've got to go with the first sentence has to be like, that's what I explained to myself when I was reading, when I watched this video. And then you go into the story about the video you just watched and maybe the, the ultimate punchline is you sending people, you know what, rather than me telling you how amazing it is, I actually think you should go and watch yourself. Now, the only catch is you're going to have to opt in, but here is a link. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, again, it's not – I mean, we can talk about trickery all day long, but a lot of this is just simply persuasive technique and getting people's attention. So I think you've given us a couple really – great things for our listeners to consider, one of which is how you can subtly 
edit a subject line. So how to grow your list faster becomes seven steps to grow your list faster. Uh, just little things like that. And also, if you are going to use a, a shock and awe or a trickery technique, um, how you make them so glad that they, as I like to say, fell for it, so to speak. So, oh, this was a, a slick thing, but wow, look at this value I got. Am I stating that correctly? Correct. Absolutely. So we have about nine minutes left here, and I do want to give you a minute at the end to uh, share with our listeners uh, how they can engage with you. But there's just one more question I want to ask that I'm reminded of just based on things that you and I used to talk about seven, eight years ago. And it has to do with how to format your emails so they actually get read. Uh, years and years and years ago, and this was before the smartphone age, you taught me the little technique using a Microsoft Word document, how to properly format the line widths in a text email so that it looks right on different email viewers. So in the age of smartphones, in the age of the 140-character marketing message, what can we do to format our emails so once they open and people actually read it? Yeah. It's funny because actually less formatting is better. So uh, I, I totally forgot that I used to teach this technique, which was very appropriate in the age of, you know, most text emails. And right. we read our emails on, on one machine, your computer. That was it. Well, things have changed. So the monitor widths are completely different on mobile devices. You've got very narrow screens. So um, the best way to format your emails is you write your paragraphs, but you don't include hard breaks. Because if you include hard breaks, when you switch to different width monitors, your email can start looking really, really chopped up and funny and, and just funny, where sentences will be broken in weird places, spaces will be entered where they don't belong. So again, kind of like write your sentence, write your paragraph the way you would, then do you hard enter and, and uh, let the system kind of uh, change the email where it needs to be changed. Now, this being said, uh, you, you may control the width of the email, but that's usually depending on what system you work in, right? So right. 400, 500. In some emails, we just make it only as, as, as narrow as, as uh, you know, 300, 350 points or pixels, I should say. So when people open it, you kind of end up with a little narrow email, but it makes it easier to read. You know, ultimately, I think you, you want to think what kind of um, – emotions, what kind of relationship, what kind of thoughts you want to evoke when people see things from you, and that's kind of how you start formatting your emails. If you want to see, you know, if you, if you want to be perceived as kind of quick to read, then you may want to create narrower emails, uh, more white space in between that kind of feels like little chunks of, little bites of text, you know, separated by lots of white space. That, that's perceived as very easy, very quick to read. I'll show you a couple of things that, you know, we started doing. And, again, when I always, I'm always careful when I share things like this because when we, you know, I've got a little bit of a complex machine built. So once we start changing things, it takes a while before we actually can go back and fix everything. So people then come back, opt into some of our stuff and say, well, you see, you don't do what you just told me to do. I'm like, well, <laughs> no. We do. It's just we test it in one place, and once we see it work, then we start going back and cleaning up everything else. But it does take time to kind of, you know, repaint. It's kind of like if you have a very, very long fence, and you start painting one end. By the time you get to the other end, the beginning, it's painting already, too. So it's kind of a process yes. in my business. So a little bit of outing myself here. But what I've noticed is, and maybe it's because I'm getting older or, so, or, or whatever, but um, it's easier for me to read larger fonts. 
So we actually started testing um, emails with uh, messages being written in larger fonts. So um, rather than using the typical 10 or 12 point, our, the body of the message is actually written in a 12 point font. That's quite large, but it makes it for a very easy reading on on any device. Another thing is that um, uh, we again include a little bit more space in between, and I like to include just like on a sales letter you would include subheadlines. I like to include subheadlines in yes. my emails. So subheadlines may now become as big as 24, even 36 points. And you know, I'm probably not telling you anything new. If you look at website design and uh, things, for example, that you know, Apple was one of the first companies that started doing this. Very clean design with uh, fonts that may be slightly larger, but they may be lighter. So they don't don't use like stark black. They may use slightly, you know, like dark grayish color which makes it a little bit less contrasty and easier to read. And they may employ a lot of white space, but their uh, headlines or subheads, the titles, will be in a dramatically larger font. So, again, it creates this really neat, pleasant, crisp appeal, and I think it translates nicely to email. So uh, I'm trying to think if I could employ any other tricks in there, but that's really about it. So right. that's kind of what we started going into, larger fonts, more white space, uh, and the biggest thing is that the advice I've given you years ago, Adam, I probably would go against it now and say, you know, don't try to use any third-party tool and format things uh, because when you go from a, a screen on your computer monitor, uh, on your computer to a screen on your phone, those breaks would be in totally inappropriate places. Yes, that's very that's very true. And you only have to understand what makes a website mobile responsive to understand that concept. It has to do with how wide the pixels are. Um, like the measurements we used, to, yeah, because we ended up modifying your instructions at one point and making the lines a lot shorter for many of the reasons you just described. Correct, yes. Absolutely. So, unbelievably, we are almost to the top of the hour already. So, first of all, Adam Urbanski, thank you so much for being here. And as I promised, I want to give you a minute or so and just tell our listeners, who I imagine by now are on the edge of their seats just dying to get more, how they can engage <laughs> you and how you can help. Very good. So, you know, the best place to find me is at my main website, themarketingmentors.com. That's T-H-E, marketingmentors.com. And we always have some goodies to uh, for you to engage with. There is one secret link I'll give you, and it's uh, themarketingmentors.com forward slash list. And when you go there, um, you have an opportunity to get two uh, tutorial videos on how to build your list building machine in one afternoon. So, uh, you know, Adam, you asked me great questions. Basically, that that 90-minute tutorial is divided into two shorter videos. It's going to walk you through everything we just discussed here, but in a lot greater detail. So I literally walk you through a 10-step process, and it's kind of like, hey, come over here, look over my shoulder, let me actually start building it. I'm literally walking you through the process of building a list-building system right as you watch it. It's done in a 90-minute period. Now, there are some newer resources since I recorded that video, Mm -hmm. Um, but you can start from not having a product, not having money, not having any tools. If you can get yourself to a computer at the library 
uh, you can start building your list. You literally need only, uh, you know, you, don't, you actually don't even need money for websites. Uh, you can use third-party tools. Obviously, I recommend you get your own domain names. Right. But it's that detail. It shows you everything step-by-step. Step. Again, you go to themarketingmentors.com forward slash list. Okay. I'm probably going to check that out myself because, as I said, I'm always looking for more material to give me the edge. So, once again, Adam, thank you so much for being on the Business Creators Radio Show. This has been an experience and an education. Thanks for having me here. And for everybody listening, this is Adam Homey, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please take a moment to check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. And join us next time as we continue to help you win at the game of business and marketing. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.